It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and uh, I'm always excited to be with you on Sunday mornings here on 94.1 on your radio dial, Wave 94. We're on Sunday mornings. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. Show number 1,050. No, I'm sorry, 1,130 today. And uh, I have in the studio with me Brother Barry Barwick, who is uh, with three, uh, Highway 316. And then he's brought along with him Greg Hurley, who is also a part of the group. But Greg, you've never been here before on the show. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, thank you. So how's the singing going right now? A little slow. A little slow. But uh, it's picked up a little bit this yeah. past past few weeks. Yeah, I've had a couple other groups on the show here recently. COVID kind of slowed everybody down a little bit, I think. And uh, so it's just kind of, I guess it, you, just, you just keep on going and eventually it'll all come back together, won't it? Yes, yeah, so COVID made, played a very major part. I mean, that particular year we had over a dozen bookings already signed up when this stuff started and next thing you know everybody's calling and we understood sure, uh, sure. it was it was going around everybody called and said hey we hate this but and we understood but uh the next year it was a little slow in picking back up we really i think that year we did five or six different uh, uh plays and then it come along with uh the following year, it started picking up. It almost doubled, and we're getting back into a, a not necessarily a routine, but getting back into getting getting calls pretty regular. Well, you, you all were over at the uh, American Legion last Sunday, so when I got a chance to be there and hear hear it, and uh, uh, you're little lighter than you were as far as personnel. So, yes, sir. So you've had some changes in the group. We're quite a bit lighter, you know. Uh, God works in mysterious ways. We all know that. And uh, what we started with nine years ago was four, and we built up to six and and changing of personnel and just letting God work in the group. Right. And this last year, really been trying on the group. Uh, we we uh, one went to a pulpit and had another. Still loved music, still loves the Lord, still loves church. He had a little drive to get to us right. all the time, and he's he's pulled away. And uh sound man that that was uh excellent sound man for us really helped us and and set up and and tear down uh more than we ever appreciated to be honest. But uh he he had to pull away and and live life a little bit. They mm-hmm. get get away from what we were doing, but uh the Lord has still took, as we were talking about just the other day, little as much when God's in it. Sure, sure. And, and he's been using us that way. He's, he's turned, turned things around. The calls have been coming. We've been going. We even got told Sunday morning that we needed to get us a new poster picture. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, the church that was hosting us up in, uh, Climax, Georgia, they told her, they said, you need to look at the poster. Because <laughs> you, you still got all the other people. No, we, yeah. we've got a new poster with right. just Greg and Gus and I. Oh, I see. Okay. And, uh, that, but that's why they said change it, because you still had all the other group. Yes, sir. It was in there, yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, so one of them went to the pulpit, 
And uh, no, so after that was Tater that was coming from down from Georgia. Tater was coming yeah. from Georgia. Yeah. And then uh, it was a, what called Buckshot. No, right. Buckshot's never been with us. That's that's Kenneth's okay. best friend. Okay, uh, all right, all right. But so, uh, Robert Combs was Kenneth's son, uh, brother-in-law. Okay, and he was our sound man. And so now he's he's pastoring somewhere. No, sir. He's uh, he's helping Kenneth uh, run sound in their church. Uh, I see. Kenneth's dad's health's failing, and okay. uh, he's had to step in the pulpit and kind of. You know, when that gets thrown on you, it's it's, it's a burden sure, to sure. begin with, and uh, his brother-in-law is helping him out. Okay, so so now it's it's uh, uh, Greg here, and of course Barry, and then uh, uh, your son Gus. Yes, sir. Is that the three of you? That's it. Okay, and Gus is now playing the drums. Yes, sir. And uh, how'd that happen? Well, uh, it was two years ago. We were over at uh, United Baptist Church in East Point, Florida, Brother Bobby Shiver, and doing their homecoming. And they had a set of drums set up in the church, which was set back to the back of the stage. But Kenneth set his drums up, and Gus sat back there and watched Kenneth. And he was actually mimicking a lot of what Greg was, uh, uh, Kenneth was doing. Right. And the next month, we played homecoming at my dad's church, Panacea Full Gospel Assembly down there in Panacea. And we set up for sound. And as we were doing the sound check, Kenneth was always out there helping Robert do that. Okay. And they, they would work together to get, get things equalized out. And Kenneth's out there, Greg and Tater and I start singing a song and we heard the drums kick in. Just like Kenneth was sitting at him. Huh. And he, he started. We, we, we put him on the spot that homecoming and we said, Hey, we, we realized something yesterday and, and we want to see what's going to happen. And we're going to get Gus up here. And instead of singing, we're going to put him on the drum really? today. For so so he, you heard him play one day and you got him on the stage the next day playing that day. The very same, <laughs> same day. day. Yes, sir. <laughs> How'd he do? He done great. Really? Uh, a seasoned drummer was preaching our homecoming that year, one that we've known for a, a few years out of Tennessee that has played uh, country music. He's uh, played with a gospel group for many, many years out of Tennessee that kind of inspired our group. And uh, when we finished singing and went to fellowship and eat, he caught me by the arm and he said, you got a drummer on your hands, really? brother. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right, Greg, let's get to know you a little bit here. You, you've been singing with Highway 316 since it started, I understand. Yes, sir. Since and, again. and then come up a little closer. There you go. Now, you, you and Barry have been friends for a long, long time. Yes, sir. Okay. And you play the guitar. And, and you also play the bass. Yes, sir. Now, how long? For all your life or? As long as I can remember. Really? Yeah. So did, did did somebody teach you how to play, or did you just, one of those, they just picked it up? Well, uh, Barry's dad actually got me a guitar for Christmas one year, and that's he started teaching me some chords. That's where I first started really? playing. Really? Right. Now, why did he do that? Had you showed an interest in it? Or? Yeah, I really enjoyed watching them play, and I'd go up there and sit and watch on the front row while they were playing. <laughs> now, how long ago has that been? Longer than I can remember. Really? So, I mean, yes. you've been playing the guitar for a long time. Yes, sir. I was probably about six or seven right. when I started. And now, I noticed that you, you switch. You, you'd be playing the bass. And then you'll, because I looked up there and I said, well, he's got a guitar too. I didn't, I didn't notice it at first. So, how do you know? I mean, some songs just need a bass or? 
Well, when when Gus tries to sing, I I try to play acoustic with him that way because he's not playing the drums. That way, it kind of just softens it a little bit. Ah, uh, because I heard one time that like the the guitar is the bridge for I mean between the drums and the keyboard, your guitar. You may remember right the the bass and the drums really uh they work together. Okay, and without the drums there, like. Like Greg just saying to soften it up a little bit, right? We're, we're not putting that beat out there, and he, he usually does it more for when Gus is singing. Okay, uh, Gus is still young; he'll be thirteen in September, and uh, that truly, truly God's blessing on that. He yeah. started playing the drums when he was eleven, but he hasn't mastered playing and singing yet. Right? Uh, okay. He's got one song we work on, but. Right. He's getting there. So the answer to the question is that you play the guitar when Gus is singing because he's not playing the drums. Yes, sir. Because I just noticed it. I looked around and I saw a guitar, mm-hmm. and you've been playing the, the bass. Okay. But that, that answers my question. And so now we know. And so, and you sing as well. Yes, sir. I do. Have, have you written any songs or anything like that? I haven't written anything. No, okay. sir. Now, is there a particular style of song that just works with you? I mean, and what I'm saying is your voice is, seems to me as a little soft. Okay. Yeah. So is there something, like if you hear a song, you go, oh, I think I can, that'd be good for me. Is that kind of way it works? Yeah. And so. The ones that speak to our hearts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have y'all written any songs at all? I, right after I got saved, the Lord started blessing me. I was sitting down reading my Bible one morning, and words started getting in my head. And I knew it wasn't Satan, uh-huh. and uh, it wasn't what I was reading. Okay. Wasn't, wasn't repeating back to me and the Lord blessed me to write 18, 20 songs or so really? in, in the course of two or three years and we're actually starting to incorporate a few of those in, in when we go somewhere. Okay. So the songs that we have that we're going to play in a little bit of course none of those you wrote. None of those is, we is, wrote. Is, and none of them on those CDs you've written. No sir. Okay. Uh, so the, I, I've, I've seen you all coming over to the, to the Legion I've probably been going over maybe six, seven years. I'm not sure. I've kind of lost track of it. And pretty much I've seen you from the beginning. So I've kind of watched him. How was he when he first started doing that? And I'm talking about Gus now for the radio audience. Oh, my. He, five or six years old, he started yeah. singing with us. Yeah, I remember. I mean, as I see him. You'd call him up, and he'd come up, sing two or three. And he, and he seemed to be really interested in it. And so now, to me, this is like the crossroads at, at age he is now, whether he'll follow it because, I mean, he's getting at age now to where other things may you know, take his attention away. But right now he seems to be enjoying it. Yes, sir. He, uh, he, he's been involved in sports since he was four years old. And this year that took a turn. He's, he's played rec park football and baseball ever since he was four soccer up until he reached the age level, I think at eight or nine, Everything starts overlapping in practice. And uh-huh. I, I told him, I said, you got to choose soccer or football and baseball. And, and we, we can't live at the rec part. <laughs> and, uh, he, he chose football and baseball and he played that up until this year. He finished in, in the fall in football and, and he got in band in middle school. He's in middle school now. Okay. And he's been following through with that. He's, he, He's at that age where he's walking around beating on everything with a drumstick. <laughs> so, so that's what he's doing in the band, playing the drums? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, for him at his age to get in the car and go off someplace traveling with you guys, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing for a teenager like that. 
growing up in high school. I mean, for him to follow that, that's going to be quite amazing just to watch. Of course, we don't know. <laughs> we don't. You know, but but like you talking about, you all went to, up to Virginia. Yeah, sure. And that's a long trip. That's yeah, all sure. weekend. And I mean, he seemed to enjoy all of it, and everything seemed to be way it's supposed to be. Here, he he was he was real good about it, especially considering the the that journey in itself. It, it was trying, even on Greg and I. Yeah, and uh, coming down to the final thing there. We did three things while we were there and coming down to the final one. You could tell that it was working on Gus, but he stuck through. Sure, sure. Now, how often do you all make those kind of trips? I mean, most of the time, you're, you're fairly local, aren't you? Usually within four hours travel. Four hours? That's still quite a bit. That, that's still quite a bit, yeah. but we can do that a lot easier, and we can do a 10-and-a-half-hour trip. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> we, we do the 10-and-a-half. We Since uh, Brother Pat MacArthur's been up there in Virginia, we've been doing it once a year. Really? So now, when you make those trips, you you stop off somewhere along yes, the way, and then so so that kind of adds to expense, and then you, you go and you're you're hoping that the church will be able to provide enough income for you to be able to at least pay for the trip, and so that's that's kind of the things that you gospel singers deal with, and I know yes, that, sir. and I've heard many of you say, "Well, we'll go regardless because that's your heart." And, and you love doing what you're doing, and you believe in what you're doing, but you always kind of back your mind. Go well, it'd be nice. <laughs> I, God blesses. I mean, you know, you've seen it all your life. Uh, I, I really seen a full evidence of, of God blessing the group last year. Uh, matter of fact, we'll be over there this month at Bible Believers Church over on Highway 20. Okay, and uh, I seen. God really worked with the group last year. We had just purchased some new house speakers that were desperately needed. And the most expensive thing we had purchased to date. And we went to Bible believers with that set of speakers just a couple of weeks later. And God put that money right back in the bank account. Wow. Knowing we wow. were going to Virginia in just yeah. two and a half months, you know. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's the way he worked. Now, what's the date on that? That would be August 5th okay. at 3 p.m. Okay. Yeah, they've uh, they've been doing that here recently. They've been doing th- 3 o'clock uh, singings. Yes, sir. It's kind of unusual on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they've been going well because they keep doing it. <laughs> so I think last year we sang at 4 or 5. I don't recall. It wasn't as early as 3, but, uh, yeah, when they called us, they, they asked us to sing at 3 and they, o'clock. And they generally have food after. Yes, sir. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Susie Elkins goes to the church there. That's and, right. She's yes, the one who talks with Okay, her. and, and uh, I've seen her on on the face, on Facebook mm-hmm. and with it. And I'm just curious how that goes on a Saturday afternoon of 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock, either one. Um, it's a little unusual, but if it works – and maybe the only way you find out if something's going to work, you try it. That's <laughs> it. Right. So, and uh, okay, August the fifth at three o'clock, Bible Believers Church, which is out Highway twenty, um, about about two miles past the truck route. I follow the GPS, brother. <laughs> I got to be honest. And if somebody leaves a an E out of the address, don't <laughs> mess you up, did it? <laughs> I'm talking about. He, he said. Told me, he told me um, for tonight, for the for the, for the day interview, and uh, he said, "Send me your address." I did, but I left a E out of East Eighth. <laughs> I just said five twenty six Eighth. <laughs> so I kind of messed him up, <laughs> but nevertheless, you're here, so we uh, made it. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about this first song we're going to play for you for the folks here. 
Tell us about this one. Well, uh, when Gus started singing with us, he had a couple of songs that he had been singing in church with my dad. And uh, that's when I noticed he was getting interested. Uh And I asked him one Sunday if he wanted to go with us. And he had just a couple songs. And I asked him if he wanted to sing. And he did. And I got to noticing this particular song that we're fixing to play here. He would sing this song every time I had the primitives on in in the truck or new tradition. They both do the song "Surgery in My Heart." Mm-hmm. Gus would sit back there and sing every word, really every word. And I I asked him. I said, "Son, would you like to me and you sit around and practice, and we'll take that to the guys and see see what we can do with it? You can have a song of your own." Uh-huh. And uh, he really got interested. And this this became the the it's, he's now he's got couple songs that he does on his own without my help other than backup uh right, vocal. Right. But he uh he turned on to this song and but little, I, little did I know just a year later he would be singing it and meaning it. Now this C D's been out for a while. So how would he be at at the age that I think we recorded this about four years ago. So he's he would 13, have been eight years eight, old. Eight years old, okay. And uh, the name of the song is Surgery in My Heart and this is Gus surgery in my heart It took the great physicians to ease the pain that sin had brought and take away that awful shame My life is changed I will Surgery. 
Is that, is that his fan club? <laughs> um, he's got the timing down and everything. And at eight years old, that's, that's, he's doing good. But I was sitting there Sunday night thinking, okay, he's around 13. Now, that voice is going to be changing here for too long. And the really good thing about it is that he's had this time to learn timing and, and that type of thing. And that's as he starts getting older, he can just develop that. And uh, but there's no, there's no telling where he's allowed to end up being a gospel singer. <laughs> no telling. He's and and you know I'm I'm ready any day for start getting that. Well, Daddy, that's a little too high. That's a little too low. Let's try it somewhere else. Uh-huh. But uh, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But we can hear his voice changing a little bit. Listening to this, it just it, it takes us back to well, yeah, four years. Yes, sir. Almost four years. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it, even listening to him the other night, I could tell. You know, a lot of difference there. And, but the thing about it is, it's the experience growing up singing. Because even at my age, uh, sometimes I have to lead the singing for our church, which is not a good idea, but it happens. Mm-hmm. The timing, I mean, being able to come into the song at the right time. And I, I've tried using CDs to sing with stuff like that. <laughs> it's just not a good plan at all. So usually if our, if our worship leader is out and it comes on me, we just sing a cappella. Cause when you do an a cappella, then you're not, you're not trying to sink in with the music. You're just, just leading, but it's still just not a good plan. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, you, you mentioned Sunday night when listening to you over there. And, and actually when you were introducing Greg, I'm talking about Barry now. And you talked about that you all used to, I mean, I guess there was a time when you, you neither one of you were in faith. You were friends. And, uh, I guess you got saved first, Barry? Yes, sir. Okay. And then were you influential in leading Greg or, or did that kind of happen on his own? I sent up a prayer one night. Uh huh. But, uh, as I can't say I was influential. Okay. I, I know that night when he saw me. Yeah. He, he, he knew it, yeah. it started burning on his heart. That well, night. go ahead, go ahead and share your testimony with us, Barry. My testimony, uh, brother. I I I run in the world. Uh, my dad got saved when I was fifteen years old. Uh, he was he had he had raised me in the world in a bar room. Uh-huh. And, was he a musician too? Yes, sir. Okay. And I I had watched him play guitar many many years and. The year he got saved was the year I learned how to play the guitar. Really? And I, I learned country songs. I wasn't learning gospel songs. And we got in the church and started playing a little bit in the church. But, you know, when I come of age three years later, I had seen enough of the world that that's where my pull was. Uh-huh. And I, I pulled right onto it. I, I didn't, I wasn't raised in church. I, I didn't understand the consequences at that time, but I watched and my daddy prayed and 25 years after my dad turned his life over to the Lord, I surrendered to the Lord and, uh, I walked drug addiction, whoremonger, alcoholic. Wow. I I just, I, I lived the world. I I lived it hard. So um, you said that your your dad was a musician. He played in bars and stuff, and you were there. But so were you allowed? I mean, you were allowed to go to these places. I don't know much about those kind of places. So. Well, things that I went to was like uh, 
holiday weekend cookouts at the bars and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But uh, even when we just had family gatherings, you know, I, I was around that. But okay. still, my dad was doing his thing as well. Right. And what was it that brought him to faith? Remember? My dad fell from a boat about a year before he got saved, a musician. Uh-huh. And when he fell from that boat, he caught on his arm and two 40-foot boats come down together and pinched on his arm. Ouch. Should have took it off, brother. Should have yeah. took it off. And the whole way home, they, they drove him home. He was down in, in Crystal River, Florida, and they drove him back to Panacea. And the whole way home, he remembered a message he heard when he was 12 years old, heaven or hell, huh. which one will it be? And that night, he saw a guitar getting played on the stage. And he told the Lord that night, teach me how to play that thing, and I'll play it for you. And those words, really? those words rang in his mind all the way home that night. He almost lost his arm. Huh. But the Lord spared him. And wow. a year later, he got saved, and he's been using his arm for him ever since. <laughs> and so he got saved. And how long was it before he became a pastor? Well... It wasn't long that the Lord started putting things in his heart, and he really thought that he would be able to stay there and help his pastor in East Point, Florida. And uh, that's where we'd done the homecoming, where where Gus started playing the drums. Uh, He thought he would be able to stay there, maybe sing a little, go off and sing here and there, and be able to help his pastor grow the church. But that wasn't God's plan. Uh God moved him right back over in the middle where he came from. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, he, he, I guess he decided to, to start a church at that point? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, the the house he grew up in, a matter of fact, when he called some of the people that had been calling him and that we need a pastor, we need a church, uh, he called two or three of them and he said, come here. Uh, God, God's showing me something, but I'm going to show y'all first. The house he grew up in was old and abandoned, had wisteria vines growing from the bottom all up around through the windows and everything else had busted the windows out of the house. And he told them, he said, we can do this here, but only by God's will. And uh, the church that my daddy pastors in today is the very house that he grew up in. Well, now who owned the house at that point? My grandmother owned the house. So it was still in the mom. family? Yes. Okay. And so what happened? They just deeded the property over to the church? or uh, I don't know exactly what took place there. I know my grandmother got the lights turned on for them. Went, once they got the vines pulled out, got some carpet laid down on the floor. But uh, going back to the worldly stuff, when they everything started happening so fast, Daddy was wondering where they was going to sit <laughs> inside the church. Right. And we had a storeroom where, where we had a bar at one time there in Panacea. And... Uh, the Lord showed my dad and said, you sat on these bar stools many nights, and just the, the booth seats. Right. And he said, you can clean them up. I cleaned you up. <laughs> and they, they went and got about a dozen of those barroom uh, booths and brought there to the church. And I think Greg got to sit on some of those booths when he was young. Some of those. So it's, it's not like seats. that now. No, sir. No, no sir. The church has been doubled in size and uh, it's it's. Took a complete remodel in that 34 years. Does it still look like a house? No, sir. No. 
Uh, that'd be interesting to see. It's just in it's in Panacea. Panacea. Okay. Sometime when I'm down there, I have to run by and take a look. Take a look at it. Come on down. And usually, when you go to Panacea, you just kind of breeze through. <laughs> <laughs> take that first right when you get in there. Go about three blocks deep on Eight Taylor Street, and that's where Panacea. Uh, I have to. Seem I have to. Matter of fact, I may be heading that way this weekend. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, that's, to me, it's just amazing that the God brought all this together. And uh, has he ever been affiliated with any groups or thing like that, or it's just always just been independent? Uh, we've been independent. Huh. That's that's amazing. <laughs> and, and Greg, you went, you, you did, or you you now go to church there? No, I grew up in Brother BB's church. He was my pastor, uh-huh. and I, I got away from the Lord. And the my next door neighbor was a pastor down there in Spring Creek. Uh-huh. That was where the where my parents right. went to church. And uh, I, I knew how to play the guitar, and they didn't have any anybody to do the music down there. And he asked me about the coming down and helping out with the, the music, and that's how I, I got started going to church. So did you, did you go play and sing? Yes, sir. And you, you led to worship? Yes, sir. <laughs> and now, I'm still there now. Are you? Okay. Yep. Shady Sea Missionary Baptist. Are you still doing the music? Yes, sir. Now, well, now, when you when you play and sing, is your music kind of Southern Gospel style? Yes. Kind of sound a little country, maybe? Yes, sir. See, I like that sort of thing. <laughs> You know, it's hard, really hard to find churches that are doing that anymore. Yeah, sure. yeah. Because so many of them have gone with their contemporary music. Now, we have a lady who plays the guitar and, and sings, and she does a real good job. And uh, um, she'll kind of mix it up a little bit. But it's, it, it kind of has kind of a uh, little bit of a country sound. Yeah. And, and uh, actually, my church wasn't used to that, but we've gotten used to her. <laughs> and it, to me... Uh, I, I, if you like music, you like music. Amen. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm kind of countrified. Let's put it, let's put it that way. All right, brother. Let's let's do this next song here. And uh, this this is still off of the live album, okay. and this is uh, Greg and I singing a song together. Okay. What's the name of the song? Never been this homesick before. There's a light in the window. Table spread. Bye. 
music. Before. That's Highway 316. Now, you all were singing that live. You were actually in concert, I guess. Yes, sir. And somebody recorded it for you. Yes, sir. And uh, uh, the other ones that you have, have are they all that way? Or have, no, sir. That's the only live one. The other three CDs, two are me before we became a group. And the other one was the first one we cut when we became a group. And now we're looking, just keep praying about when the Lord's going to allow us to do another one. Right, right. Now, who, who did the recordings for you? Uh, very good friend of ours, that, that group that inspired us. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll take just a second and share that if we got time. Uh, right after Greg got saved, I, I, we had that group coming down, and I knew he had grew up around that group, and I had as well, and they were coming to our church. They're out of uh, Hohenwald, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville up there. And uh, I let Greg know they were going to be there. And they come down. Greg came. And as I was sitting there, the Lord laid on my heart, y'all can be doing that right there. Oh, really? And I walked over and I sat down next to Greg. No tears started streaming down my cheek. And I looked over and he had the same tears streaming down his. I said, Lord just told me we can be doing that right there. He said, funny, he's telling me that same so thing. So Highway 316 was born right there. Highway right 316 there. was born right there. <laughs> and, and who came up with the name? That was a group prayer effort. Uh, Kenneth remembered the old country group, Highway 101. Uh-huh. And we thought about John 316. Right. And that's where Highway 316 <laughs> came in. Yeah, it was funny because I had heard of you and I heard you all singing it. And I, I never put it together. And then you put that little towel over the, the pulpit or whatever. <laughs> and that's when I'm sitting there. Ah, okay, I get it now. <laughs> 316. <laughs> singing off of John 316. Yes, sir. I didn't get it at first. <laughs> and and uh, the bass player for that group had a basement studio up there in Hohenwald and he recorded both my CDs and our first CD for us. Okay. The second one was done live right down there at MedArt. Okay. And so so after you, that night, what did you do? Did you just get together and start practicing? Uh, or? That was a Sunday afternoon, Tuesday. Uh, the original four members met together. Uh, we prayed that's what we met together to do we we met and prayed but we were all musicians we uh all had our guitars with us <laughs> and we sat down and just the, from the first song right. we we knew that it, it was definitely god's calling but, uh, what, what would you say you're sounding are you southern gospel or are you you're not bluegrass because you don't have a banjo we're southern gospel with a country twang <laughs> well you definitely got the country twang and i was thinking about that even as i listened to the song is it People who uh, don't really know Florida, you know, people who live up north or something like that, they they think of Florida, they think of Miami or Tampa or something like that. And because you all live on what is called the Forgotten Coast. <laughs> and it's interesting, people have forgotten it, but they also don't realize that's real country down there. Yes, sir. When you get just just south of Tallahassee, I mean, you are in the country. And the speech... <laughs> <laughs> now I, I can't talk. I'm from Kentucky, so <laughs> but but that is definitely you go a little bit west over toward uh, Bristol and the, mm-hmm. that whole area there. Mm-hmm. That is that is just a part of of the world that people who are not familiar with it just really have no clue. And it's a beautiful, just a beautiful place. Yes, sir. Uh, down there, my my brother, uh, he's also from Kentucky too, but he he lives down in Lakeland. Well, my daughter got married on an Indian pass on the beach. Okay. So they drove up from Lakeland 
And he was just amazed. He says, I never knew that Florida was like this. I mean, it's, it's just different than any place else. Yeah, sure. And so you talk about a country sound. It's got to be country. Yes, sir. <laughs> you guys are both, are you born and raised there, right? Yes, sir. Greg, you yes, born and raised in the, um, but now you were in Panacea or? Nah, I'm from Spring Creek. A little smaller than Panacea. Coming over there, there's about 50 residents down there where I'm at. There was a Spring. church and a restaurant. Now there's just a church. That's where that, that famous uh, Spring Creek. Spring Creek restaurant. Yes, sir. And, it, and uh, Michael took Michael. at it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Michael took it out. It, uh, the church that I was attending to, it come through there and was about five foot inside the church. It wiped the oh, church, my everything goodness. out of the church. And y'all, y'all just cleaned it up? Yes, sir. Wow. That's amazing. And that's a lot of work. Yeah, it was. I mean, you had water, so you had water standing in there. Yes, sir. Water damage is a hard thing to deal with. Wow. So just a church family or other people? Yes, sir. Wow. <laughs> I know I've, I grew up on the, in Kentucky on the Licking River. Okay. My, my sister-in-law goes to the Claysville Christian Church. And that river has been in that building Many, many times. And that faithful congregation. Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. I mean, it's the deal. And I, but I'll ask her, you know, she's in late 70s now. And most of the congregation is that age. And I said, Shirley, the next time that river gets in that building, y'all going to clean it again? She said, no. Not unless, you know, other people come along and help them. And that's, that's a shame. But, I mean, that's faithful. Yeah. That's yes. faithful. A congregation that'll go in there and that the building's been flooded and they get in there and they clean it up. I mean, I would assume I mean, was there sheetrock? Yes, sheetrock on the wall? It had old paneling and we, we took all the paneling. Yeah, took all that off, didn't you? Yeah. And uh, I went back with salt treat wood and PVC board. So wow. if it ever does it again, all we have to do is just take the PV the screws out of the, the boards and wash it with bleach. And oh, really? You're, you're ready for that? Yeah, we put tile in there on the floor, so we'll just have to squeeze, wash it all out with a pressure washer and squeegee it out the front door and <laughs> start over. Yeah, but that, that's that's just a faithless uh, congregation that's willing to, to do that because they love their church and they're willing to, to get in and do that work like that to, to be able to keep going. It's amazing. You know, there's a lot of churches, I'm sure, were tore up over there. Yes, sir. And, and, that, and I saw pictures in Panama City of some of the churches and stuff like that. And that's just an amazing thing that faithful people. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, you mentioned, uh, we talked about this Sunday night when I saw you. Uh, actually, I heard you up on the platform. You said you haven't had as many places to go as you had had. So we'll make an appeal to the congregation. Now, I'm talking about the congregation, the radio congregation. How would they get in touch with you? Uh, they can call my phone, 850-570-8395. And it's, it's me. It's no answer machine or anything like that. That's my cell phone number. It goes direct to me. And I, I usually take care of all of our booking. and, and okay. uh, Now, when you all go... You like leave out on a Thursday or if you're going to be going for a while, or if it's just local, you, I guess you just get up on Sunday morning or Saturday night, whatever you sing. I mean, you want to give yourself time to get there and get, you got to get your stuff all set up and that sort of thing. But, uh, if somebody wanted to, to book you, you need a little bit of time or I mean, <laughs> I, if we've got the open date, it's pretty much a, a done deal. Sometimes we have to work around a date, maybe because, right. uh, uh, you know, we both have jobs. Right. We may right. be working out of town or something like that, but, uh, 
90 percent of the time i'd say we're a go unless we have a previous date scheduled and right now that doesn't seem to be a yeah, problem the thing that i always point out whenever i have a group on the show whatever is it the weekends that you are off traveling someplace else the grass is not getting cut and, and the hedge are not being trimmed or whatever else that you've got to do around your own place those tasks are not being done and that's a sacrifice yes sir and it's hard to imagine how I mean, some of the, especially let's say before COVID, a lot of you folks were, you were just busy about every weekend. And that's just amazing that you can still keep your family going and, and all these things to go do these things. Because if you're going to do this, like let's say if you're going to sing on a Saturday night, that's probably going to take all day Saturday. By the time you pack up, load up, go do what you got to do, get back. And then a lot of times you're, you're, Push you to Sunday morning if you're if you're going to be in church because uh, Greg you you do the worship yes, you got to be there pretty much yes sir <laughs> do you have somebody backing you up and uh, if you're not there no sir uh, what we've been doing is going in beforehand and the Saturday before and I've been recording the music and they'll do vir- they call it virtual Greg <laughs> virtual Greg <laughs> and so is somebody leading. Uh, most of the time, the pastor's wife. If okay. I'm not there, she'll lead the. Work. So she has better timing than I do. She yeah. she can actually hear the when you're coming in and, and can actually lead it that way. Yes, sir. She <laughs> was on the praise team at Lake Ellen Baptist in Crawfordville. So so she's got some experience. She, yeah, she's yeah. used to doing it. <laughs> See, the, the the secret is in my church. My wife, I'm telling on her now, but she won't be here. She won't listen to the show anyway. So she should be leading. When 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 uh, our regular lady's not there, my wife has all the timing. She has a beautiful voice, but you're not gonna get her up there. <laughs> and I've I've tried uh, sneaking her, you know, just doing some sneaky, you know, it don't work. <laughs> but that's 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 really important. The timing to yes, be able to get to yes, to know when the song's coming in and get yourself in there and get out that sort of thing. And I, my daughter did that with a piano. She played hymns for me. And I've used them before, but still I have problems with that timing. And I actually tried on three different occasions. I've tried to learn to play how to guitar and uh, could do the frets. I could get the frets, the strumming. Tell me about the strumming. What are you, what are you doing? Do you, you don't even know what you're doing. Do you you're just. Brother, all I can say is mine's God's gift. <laughs> I, it, it, it came natural to me. I, wow. You know, I, I watched my dad for years. My dad tried to show me how to play the guitar a little bit, show me some chords and stuff, basically like he'd done, Greg, but I never picked it up. And I had a best friend come down one day, and he asked me, he said, you want to learn how to play a song? I said, sure. We went in my bedroom. Two hours later, I come out playing seven chords. My daddy looked just in astonishment. Really? I, I never had picked it up like that, but it was just, it was God's gift. Huh. And then from there on, you just you just kept doing it. I, I abused it for years, but yes, sir. At forty years old, I got saved, and I, for fifteen years, I've been playing for the Lord now. Uh, what about you, Greg? And you strumming? Do, do you actually know what you're doing, or is it just so natural? You just you just doing it? Yes, sir. I don't really know know <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> so, so in other words, what you all are telling me that if I could just master it, just do it. After a while, you just forget all about it, and you right. just because I mean, I, I've matter of fact, Sunday. Uh, the lady who does our worship, I, I just so, you know instead of just usually I just like the worship and I don't I, I just peeked over her just I was watching her hands because I wanted to see what she was doing and it, it looked back it's just it's just up and down in it I mean <laughs> you guys that's it you just you just get up there and do it but then you get to where you can hear 
the change of the tune and when you change the frets. Now, are you humming this in your your mind as you're going along? I think it's more repetition. Right. <laughs> the radio audience thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> but I really would like to learn how to play guitar. And, and uh, uh, let's say all my life, I've been three or four different times when I was close, somebody would be teaching me, and then the circumstances would change. When I was in, we were in uh, the dry dock, as in the Navy, and we were, we were in dry dock in Boston. And there was a young lady who was teaching me to play, but she was left-handed and her guitar was a left-handed guitar, so I had to turn it upside down. Well, maybe that's one of the reasons why I didn't quite master it. But I was getting where I was going, and then we 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 went back to Pensacola. So, so much for that. So, But to me, uh, music is so much in the heart in it. I mean, as far as you, you carry these songs in your heart, and when you get ready to play, you're ministering before the Lord. Yeah, you know, I've had instances in my life. I'm not going to speak for Greg, but I've had instances in my life where someone would say, could you learn this song? Uh-huh. And I've learned a few songs for weddings and things like that. But if it didn't appeal to my heart, right, I got away from the song quickly. I mean, but the songs we sing is stuff that's inspired us through the years and kept us going. Right, right. So, I mean, if you're someplace and you hear a song, do you actually go looking for music sometimes and just, just go play some CDs and stuff, see if anything just grabs you? That's pretty much how they come along. Something we've heard somewhere, and we then, then we go to digging on it, and right. we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But now the song that you've written, you mentioned that you were going to record those somewhere along the line. Do you do those a lot of times in the concerts that you, that you do? We've recently started pulling one or two every once in a while. Uh-huh. And has, is that going well? Because, because I mean, if you write a song, you not only have to write the song, you have to have the music. How does that work? God give it to me, brother. So there was I'm a, not a music writer. It's just okay. that we play by ear. Uh-huh. I, I cannot read a lick of music. Really? And as God just give me the tunes as he was giving me the words. That's amazing. And you're the same way. Yeah, I don't know how to read any music. So it's just, <laughs> just, it's just amazing to me that y'all can do this. And I, I've I've had discussions with people about this. Uh, the, the those who read the music and those who just get up there and just do it. And in, in fact, I've got uh, two girl cousins. And used to be uh, growing up during Christmas and stuff like that. Of course, they're 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 about fourteen years apart. <laughs> In age, and so as they were growing up, the the older girl cousin would play the Christmas hymns with the piano. My mother had bought a piano, and uh, da, da, da. well, then she grew up and got married, and, and uh, her husband was in the Air Force, and they were they were gone, and so it comes to the girl cousin, the little girl, and she's we knew she could play the piano, but she says, "Oh no, <laughs> I can't play. I can't do that." I said, "Why?" Because I don't have any notes. I don't have any books. And we didn't have anything in the house for her to play with. Yeah. And so the next year, my mother went and bought a bunch of books and stuff. Had them in the piano bench. (laughs) All right. Come on. (laughs) Let's do this thing. But it's amazing what you're talking about here. These people who who you just have a gift. And and you're sitting down and and you're just playing. And you just, it's kind of like David. He's harp. You just, you just playing before God and just worshiping the Lord and, and it's just all coming to you natural. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, now to finish this up about my, my, my little cousin, uh, 
she now leads the worship for a church in my hometown. Somebody bought that church a grand, not a baby grand, a grand piano. They have one of these choir lots up there. And I go on uh, Christmas Eve through the Christmas candlelight service, and I see her up there, and boy, she can play that thing. <laughs> and I said, she's come a long way. <laughs> but that's just kind of way that's kind of way music is like that. So, but but you all you, you love doing what you're doing, don't you? Yes, sir. You know? Yes. Okay. Uh, one more time. Let's get back to the radio audience and tell them if they want to get in touch with you. Give them the phone number, and we'll, we'll do this a couple more times before we finish up here. My name's Barry Barwick. My phone number is 850-570-8395, and that's how you get in touch with Highway 316. We're based out of Wakula County, Florida. As far as I can remember, we've never said no to anybody that calls. Okay. We don't charge anything. We come for a love offering. If someone there needs that love offering more than we do, they're welcome to it. Lord wow. has blessed us richly. Because wow. both of you guys are what we call bivocational. I mean, well... Actually, you're not bivocational. Your vocation is you go to get up and go to work every day. <laughs> so this is ministry. This, yes, there, there's yes, no, you know, people, who, a lot of times people who are outside of faith, they say, oh, you Christians, you're all about doing stuff and making money. Well, they don't know the people that I know. Because most of the Christians that I know who are in ministry are like you guys. You're out here, you're doing it because you love doing it and you feel called to do it. And if if the churches don't give enough money, you'll take it out of your own pocket. And I've known many, many ministers who've done that, and they'll keep doing it until the Lord tells them you, you're through. That's it. And uh, and that's just to me, that's just a heart and passion for the kingdom of God and for the ministry that God's called you to do. As such as like it. Now, when you go, do you do you get to experience people coming to the altar and, and uh, seeing people's lives changed? We've seen it. Okay. Tell, tell us about some of those. You got some? I, we always let people know when we start singing right. that the altars are always open. Right. I, I have to do that because God's listening all the time. He's not just listening when that altar song is playing. Right, right. Uh, my salvation came at 2 o'clock in the morning at my bedside. So I know he's always listening. Right, right. And we have to let everybody know that those altars are always open. And we've even went as far to let people know that you're not going to fear with us because if God's calling you, he's going to give us the strength to get through the song. Right. But we have had an instance where when when we were a, a bigger group, uh, one of the guys got down and prayed with the lady that came to the altar. Uh, if 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 – the situation arises that God's pulling on your heart according to something that we've said or did, get down there. It's time to talk to him. Right. He's right. inviting you at that point. Because that, that shows your priority. Yes, sir. In other words, we'll, we'll, we'll let the music take care of itself. Um, I've, I feel called to go down and pray with things. Of course, now, most of the time when you're at church, there's, there'll be a pastor there or, right. or others. I know even you said this uh, when you were over at the American Legion there, that there's pastors in this room. And there were, and then, uh, uh, or even the many people there who would pray with people. Yes, sir. And, uh, and I've seen that happen over there before. So somebody just fell led to give an altar call, and that's what we do. Because, uh, I mean, you're, you're looking for one or two things to happen. Either somebody to just help, help them in their faith. So the people who are already saved, you're coming in, you're playing music, you're giving words of encouragement, you, you're gonna, 
help strengthen in their walk, or you've got that person who's outside of faith. Maybe they're kind of like you were, uh, or both of you. I mean, you you knew God, you walked away, you came back. I have a, a pastor friend of mine who pastors down in Delanta. You know, you heard the Walkers out of Perry. They, 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 I've heard of. Okay. Uh, he he was now he was a pastor's kid too, and uh, but he'd been out of out of faith and uh, living in the world. And his mother, he asked his mother. He said, "Well, what do you want for Mother's Day?" <laughs> and mother said, "I just want you to go to church with me." Amen. And so he's thinking, Mother's Day there ain't gonna be nothing happened there on Mother's Day. <laughs> well, the Walkers came. And uh Sister Walker, she's she's kind of a preacher and she got to preach it. <laughs> and he said he stood he stood back he said knuckles were white, just gripping that pew, just trying his best to hold on. The next thing you know, he's up up at the altar, squalling <laughs> and and uh and then uh the Lord just touched him in the Holy Spirit and then he was just gone. He was just out for for a long period of time. And like I said, now he's he's a good friend of mine, the pastor at the church down in the land. Amen. And so that's that, that happened in the gospel sing. And people say, well, does that happen? That sort of thing. Sure, it does. Yes, it Especially does. Especially when you've got people uh, like you guys. I mean, you you got the heart. You know, I mean, you're there. Just, you have, I know you pray before you, you get up on the platform and sing, and you say, Holy Spirit, you take this thing and go with it. And then so you're not surprised when it happens. <laughs> no, sir. And, and you know that – when we first started, first couple of things we had, I, the list was basically to be sitting there in front of me, so it would remind us, remind me of the songs we'd done. Right. Not necessarily anything in order, but our third scene, I had missed a lot of fellowship with the guys riding. It's the first time we went to Atlanta. We had a, a good six hour ride ahead of us, and I spent most of my time making a list. Brother God took over third song in the service and the list could have blew out the window on the way up there and it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, and ever since then, you know, we realized what the priority was. Right, right. The priority's God. Right. And, uh, we let him have the service because it's nothing we do. He give us every bit of the talent, every bit of the equipment we've had. We started with some antiquated stuff and God has just blessed richly through all that. Everything we've got on stage is, is, uh, fairly new. Most of what we got is less than two years old. And, uh, we've watched God work in every, every aspect of the group through that. Wow. So the, when you get on the platform, you, you have songs you all practice, you do, you know them. And, and so you don't necessarily have a quote, a list. You just start singing what he lays on our heart. And, uh, now how do you travel? Your car, van? Uh, Greg and I both have a vehicle that's big enough to tow our trailer, which holds our equipment okay. and comfortable of us enough for us to have some room to ride in. So you have a, a you like a little utility, utility yes, sir. Then you follow that, uh, that that follows behind you wherever you go, and wherever we go. Now, see, you both have a vehicle. So do you take two or no? We just take the one, okay. but either one of us can make the trip. Okay, and uh, you always done that, and you never had a bus or anything like that. No, sir. Yeah. God's going to have to deliver that. <laughs> no, I'm telling you what I think. From what I hear, <laughs> you might be do well not to have a bus. They, they, I've, I, I always tell them, if you got a bus, tell me a good bus story. Because see me like that. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, they seem to break down a lot. 
<laughs> especially when you're putting them on the road like some of these folks are doing. Yeah, sure. And uh, as a matter of fact, the last uh, the fortress is going to be at the American Legion next. After, because, and the last time, well, the last time I heard them, they were over the, the Legion. Before that, we were at Indian Indian Rocks Baptist Church. They were there, and I went to hear them, and they said, well, the brakes are out. And I'm going, what? <laughs> and they were all loading up in that thing. They had to head on back to Oxford. Yes, I'm sure. going, but what about the brakes? He said, well, we're just going to go real easy. <laughs> I, said, I don't know about that, but uh, that seems to be, as a matter of fact, the, uh, the, I went to that church one other time to hear Karen Peck was supposed to be coming there. And it ended up she couldn't come. But anyway, they had a flat tire. Coming down to that, so I'm saying, "Wow!" <laughs> but yet, you folks who do this stuff, you you'll get it. Just keep on going. The complications come in all sizes. I'll let Greg share this with you. But on our trip to Virginia last year was the last time Greg has drove his expedition. Yeah. Tell him about that. Come on, come up close. <clears throat> Whenever I f- we first started the group, I went and stopped to go get a. I, I seen this nice truck on the side of the road, right? And I, I stopped to look at the, the truck, and the car dealership said, "Well, that we just got through selling it. Actually, we were pulling it around. The guy just signed the paperwork on it, but anything here in the parking lot, you're pre-approved for. Go ahead, you know." So, and that's whenever we bought the expedition. My wife, <laughs> you bought it on the on the road. <laughs> well, not on the road, but I, we bought it. To go so well, all of us guys because right. it could haul eight people, right? And we could pull the, okay. the trailer and everything. But we went to Virginia this past in October, and it and uh, didn't have a single problem with it. It had been giving me some problems a couple of weeks before, and I prayed about it. And we and I was like, you know, because we just, I was a little scared to take it all the way to Virginia. I said, Oh, yeah, ride. it's a long drive, yeah. And we didn't have. I don't think maybe one time it, it just made like a little hesitation and we drove all the way to Virginia and come home. And then the next week it wasn't even hardly run. I, it <laughs> hadn't been on the road since. So, well, I tell you what, we've got to close out with a word of prayer. We'll pray for that thing while we're, <laughs> Father please, God, please in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for these folks and their faithfulness to serve you. And Father, we just pray over this ministry. We pray over that vehicle. Father God, we just pray, God, that you'd bless their work that you do for you. And Father, we just give you glory and praise. We thank you for all of your blessings, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Until next uh, Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.